This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. This is your weekly fix of everything Minnesota Twins with all the news, moves, and more. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show, presented by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Here's the host of the Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. Well, hello, everybody. Chris Atterbury welcoming you to another edition of the Twins Hot Stove Show. Glad to have you with us on a Wednesday night, whether you're joining us all across our network here in the upper Midwest, Facebook living with us today, or whether it's a couple of days later, and as you do some holiday shopping and clean up around the house, you are podcasting us wherever you find your Twins podcast. The show is brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created and legends are made. It's been a busy week around Twins territory. I know it hasn't been a flurry of free agent signings, but busy nonetheless. Taylor Rogers and Byron Buxton both celebrated birthdays this week. Byron did so with Rocco Baldelli as his guest in Baxley, Georgia. That's a conversation we will uh, check in on with Byron and Rocco as we move on through the rest of the offseason. Also, single-game tickets went on sale for games in March, April, and May at Target Field. And 19% off on those tickets for games at Target Field, excluding the home opener. So if you have some last-minute shopping to do a great way to fill a stocking or put a present under the tree, give the gift of Twins Baseball. On Thursday morning, that's tomorrow morning, for those of you joining us live, the Twins Winter Caravan schedule will be released and tell you all about the different legs going out, hopefully through your community in and around the Upper Midwest and Twins territory. So a lot going on as we build our way up towards Christmas and then the new year, and then we're back on the Twins Hot Stove Show on January 2nd. And there was also another little matter that took place on Tuesday the 18th. Uh, speaking of where legends are made, like Killebrew Root Beer, because Tuesday the 18th was declared by Governor Mark Dayton as Joe Mauer Day. And over a 1,000 students and family gathered in Joe Mauer Fieldhouse on the campus of Crete and Durham Hall as Joe was prepared to speak to his alma mater, Talk a little bit about uh, what Creighton meant to him and uh, a little bit about his career until he was interrupted. He was interrupted by Tony Oliva, Tom Kelly, Bert Blylevin, and Kent Herbeck, who made his yearly trip across the river to St. Paul. And he made it count as he took to the microphone. Today, I'm here to tell Joe, on behalf of the Minnesota Twins, the Polad family, all these great guys back here that have had their number retired, Hall of Famers, everything, that this summer... Number seven is going to hang along the wall with all the other, the, other, the other eight numbers that are retired. Joe, they're retiring your number, buddy. Congrats. And that got the crowd fired up and also, of course, produced a typically Mauer-like response. Wow. I um, <laughs> uh, wasn't expecting this, that's for sure. Um, where do I start? Um, how about with these guys up here? Thank you guys for coming. That really means a lot. Um, I've looked up to every one of you guys here on this, on this podium, and to be here with you today is, is very special, and um, 
not even comprehending what it's going to be like to see number seven up there with your guys' numbers is going to be really special too. So thank you for that. Um, thank you to the Polad family, Dave St. Peter, for you guys coming out. It really means a lot to me. Thank you. Now, Joe's entire family was there except his new baby son who was at home with the sitter. And Joe was working on about two hours sleep, he told me, and was caught completely off guard. Now, that's not an easy thing to do when it's been apparent to everybody around here for nearly a decade that nobody would ever wear number seven again. I, I thought I was coming in and just speaking to some of the student body uh, and um, just a little small get-together. But this turned into something uh, a lot bigger than I had imagined. But um and then, obviously, with the the Twins greats, retired number guys coming in and surprised me with that. It, it really really means a lot to me. Now, Joe wasn't the only Twins great who was caught off guard by how things unfolded. Uh, I was literally on my way down here. To, and uh, well, I knew about it before that. David told, Dave St. Peter had told me. But on the way down there, he said, we'd like to have you make the announcement. And I was like, uh, honored, humbled, all that kind of stuff, but... It's, it's kind of a big deal to have your number hang on the wall. Uh, I know that personally. And to me, it's probably one of the the biggest things you can be bestowed upon you is having a team retire your number knowing that nobody's ever going to wear it again. And it, it's very humbling. So um, I wish I would have had a couple more minutes to, to think about it. But, uh, you know, I, I've talked with Joe a bunch when he played. And, and uh, you know, I know he, he had said many times, that he emulated me in the backyard. It's so funny because I emulated Tony Oliva in the backyard when I was a kid. So it's almost family feeling this, and it was just very simple to say, hey, congrats, Joe. We're putting your number on the wall. Yeah, what an elite group of uh, twins who've had their numbers retired as Joe joins Harmon Killebrew, Kirby Puckett. Rod Carew was the only living member of the group not able to make it, but Burt Blylevin did read a letter from Rod Carew, whose number 29 hangs up there. Burt was there, of course, Tom Kelly, Tony Oliva, and then Herbeck. Now, these players become so associated with these numbers. For millions of Minnesotans, Ken Herbeck will always be number 14, but so often they're numbers that the players had really no say in choosing. I didn't pick 14, and, and you know, now nobody else is going to wear it So, um, in a Twins uniform. But it's, it's you know, like I said, it's humbling as heck when you walk in there. It's humbling as heck when you see somebody walking around with a Herbeck jersey on, you know, number 14. It's, it's, it's a pretty cool deal. It's not something you think of when you're playing in the backyard. I know that. I know Joe didn't think I have his number retired. I know Joe thought of hitting home runs someday for the Twins, and he did. Um, so did I. I mean, I, I envision myself someday hopefully playing for the Twins, but to have your number hung on the wall, that's something you don't ever dream about. Yeah, Kent actually hoped to do it wearing number 15, but when he was called up from Viseo, they gave him number 26. A week later, Tim Laudner was called up. They gave him number 15. When he came to camp the next year, there was a 14 hanging in his locker, and now nobody else will ever wear it. Similar story for Joe Mauer. He was known and associated with the number 16 at Creighton-Durham Hall. That obviously was taken when he was drafted by the Twins. And number 7, well, here's how he became number 7. It really is funny. I've never growing up wore the number seven as a kid. You know, a six, four, um, nine, something like that. But um, when I got to uh, Elizabethan, the very first jersey that was issued to me by the Twins was number seven. Uh, They're in Elizabethan, Tennessee. And so I wore it that for about a month and a half. So I signed a little late. And then uh, wore a couple different numbers in the minor leagues. And then uh, when I got to the big leagues, uh, seven was available. And I said, well, why not? It's the first one they gave me. So. 
Um, now to see that up in uh, the Raptors with those other great players uh, would be very special for me. Yeah, great players and also a pretty nice manager and Tom Kelly who was on the scene. Well, it's, it's a very special place, and uh, believe me, I really feel honored uh, that uh, manager got put up there with those players because those players were some kind of impact-type players of the best the game has ever seen. And uh, to have Joe uh, join that list of those kind of players is uh, very deserving and uh, we're going to look very much forward to uh, being there that day when his number is retired. It should be quite an event. Yeah, hopefully he'll have more than two hours of sleep before that day that is coming this summer to Target Field. So Tuesday was Joe Mauer Day, number seven, retired, and it certainly was a, a heck of an event. Now that got us thinking as far as our What's Brewing competition for this week. Now, What's Brewing is a contest brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, whereby you tweet us your answer to a question. We give you a little homework, and then we give you away a, a prize pack from Killebrew Root Beer during our next show. Now, our next show is until January 2nd, so we got a, kind of a detailed question for you to work on over the course of your holiday. Of all of the Twins' retired numbers, who is the best player for the Twins who wore that number but is not the guy associated with it? For instance, Jimmy Hall, Frank Quillacy, Denny Hawking, Greg Gagne, they all wore number 7. Earl Batty and Lyman Bostock wore number 10. Pitching coach of the White Sox, Don Cooper, he wore number 34. Vic Power and Jesse Crane wore 28. Butch Husky wore 42. Vic Wirtz wore number 6. Who, in your opinion, was the best Twins player to wear one of the Twins' retired numbers, 3, 6, 10, 14, 28, 29, 34, 42, and, of course, now 7, who is the best player who hasn't had it retired in their name to wear that number on a Twins jersey. You've got a couple of weeks to work on this one. Again, it's hashtag Twins Radio at Twins Radio after you've given it some thought. It's our What's Brewing contest, and we'll go ahead and give away a prize pack from Killebrew Root Beer to the best answer that we receive. In the meantime, we'll take a timeout. We'll tell you who won our What's Brewing contest last week, and we'll catch up with Kyle Gibson. It's all straight ahead right here on the Twins Hot Stove Show and your home for Twins Baseball. Hi, this is Chris Atterbury. You're listening to Twins Baseball on News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, how memories are created and legends are made. And a reminder, no show until January 2nd. This will be our final show of 2018. We appreciate everybody joining us whether it be Facebook Live, across our network, live over the radio, uh, or all of you uh, who are podcasting us uh, as you go about your uh, pre-holiday preparations. Uh, We promised you Kyle Gibson, and we'll give you Kyle Gibson in just a moment. But first, I want to give away a prize. Killebrew Root Beer not only sponsors this show, but they sponsor our What's Brewing contest every week. And we ask you a question, as we did last segment, about the retired numbers. Uh, and we give you a little a week to build up on it and uh, do a little research and submit your uh, your answer. And then we give you a prize package from Killebrew Root Beer. And our winner from last week is Troy Larson. The question, if you recall, is what sort of a holiday tradition involving baseball maybe do you have in your family? And here was Troy's answer. It was, my yearly holiday tradition involves uh, baseball is giving twins ornaments and T-shirts to family as gifts. So, spoiler alert for Troy's family, you might be getting yourself a Kyle Gibson jersey under the tree this year. But, Troy, you're going to win yourself a prize pack. And as promised, we welcome Kyle Gibson into the conversation. And, uh, Kyle, uh, hello to you as uh, you and your family prep for a busy holiday, I imagine. How are you doing, Atterbury? 
I'm doing awesome. I am doing awesome. And I can't believe I'm about to say this because I feel ancient, Kyle. But uh, I remember the day you were drafted, the first time I ever spoke with you. And now I'm talking to the longest tenured member of the Minnesota Twins. Does that hit you at all this offseason? Um, it's it's a little weird, actually. Um, you know, I think over the last calendar year, I've lost, you know, all five of the teammates that I started the year with that I've been teammates with the whole time of my career. So, um, it's been a little weird and, and a little different to think of myself as the old guy, because I think as we stand right now, I'm the second oldest guy on the roster and, um, you know, slowly creeping up the service time list as well. Um, but it's, it's, I've been blessed to have his career. It's been so much fun. And, and, uh, yeah, as you told me, uh, back then on draft day that I still would be with the twins in 2019, um, I'd say I'll take it. You know what's funny, Kyle, is as that kind of began to happen last year, um, you really evolved into a guy who a lot of stuff fell to. You know, Escobar gets traded, and suddenly you, you pick up some of his uh, community efforts, and, and Brian gets traded, and suddenly you're doing kind of some of his responsibilities and stepping into that void. You're the guy that everybody suddenly is is asking questions of after difficult games, after big games. And, you know, leaders are something people like to talk about in the fan base and, and also in the media, but you can't just anoint somebody. They have to have a certain something and they have to evolve into it. And I would argue that you have evolved at just the perfect rate into a true leader in word and action inside that clubhouse. Is that a fair assessment for me to make? Well, I appreciate it. I think, uh, I think it's always something that um, as a young guy, you look at those guys um, in that in – that, uh, role to to ask questions and just like you said and and uh i mean i think you know everybody wants to you know basically get to that point one because you probably have a little bit longer career and, and you enjoy you know, giving back to the to the guys that are younger than you because of the guys that were ahead of you that gave back to you so um you know yeah i mean i think you hit it on the head though you appoint or anoint yourself leader necessarily unless you're obviously in Joe Maurer's situation when you go to a new team or, or if somebody of that stature were to go to a new team, uh, then you kind of become the leader, you know, by, uh, rule. So, um, normally it's best whenever the guys around you, uh, kind of say, Hey, you know, this is the guy we're going to look to and, and we agree on that. Yeah, you can't fool your teammates. You can fool people some of the time. You can't fool your teammates, though, and the authenticity, I think, is one of the beauties of it. You talk about giving back. That's something you and Elizabeth have always done an amazing job of. And this year, a little something different. You had a, a clay pigeon shoot uh, for a, a wonderful cause there in Missouri. Now, it's incredibly, it's an incredibly Missouri thing or Missouri thing for you to have done. But you are not one of the guys in the clubhouse full of dudes who love to walk around in their camo and talk about their their duck hunting and whatnot. You've never really been that guy in the room. How was your marksmanship in this uh, event? Uh, you know what? I do have a few camo things here and there that um, I guess qualify me as a hunter. But, um, you know, I am definitely uh, surrounded by family members that know way more about hunting and there's a reason that I even hunt and shoot to start with, honestly. Um, and uh, unfortunately, my marksmanship on that day was pretty poor. Uh, <laughs> it was the first time I'd shot clay pigeons in a while. But, uh, you know, it's something that as soon as I started dating Elizabeth back in college, you know, my first Thanksgiving here, uh, it was kind of surprising to walk out back after you eat your lunch and waiting on dinner to go and shoot clay birds for an hour or two. So, uh, it was something that Elizabeth and I looked at, and, and we wanted to do a charity event for Crisis Aid and, and their after-school feeding program. Um, 
and we thought, you know what, we can do a golf outing. We could do a certain type of event, but um, you know, play shooting is something that her family really enjoys, and and we wanted to do something that, yes, as you said, was classic. <laughs> I love it. No pressure, though, right? You're you're going home to to, to meet your girlfriend's uh, family, and 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 they got <laughs> they all got shotguns, and they're asking you to uh, to check your fastball command on the uh, sporting clays. That's yeah. a pretty yeah. high pressure situation. To, I'd have to think back. I think my brother-in-law at the time was like 14. Uh, maybe younger, and by far he was way better than I was. So I've got a, a <laughs> brand new teenager out shooting me on Claybirds and, and laughing at me as I'm trying to prove my worth to date their daughter. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a uh, sticky situation for me. Let's talk a little bit about baseball because you're going to have your third pitching coach in three years, and uh, you know we've we've I think had great guys in and out of that clubhouse and in that role, and now. Wes Johnson is going to assume that role, and, and Jeremy Hefner obviously will still be very much involved. What's that process like for you? Now, starters are a little different. You have your own programs, and you've sought out kind of and discovered a program that has been highly effective for you. But obviously you still have to have trust and work in concert with that pitching coach. And ha- have you and Wes chatted? Have, do you have a history with Wes? And, and what is that process like for you as you watch it unfold from afar? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that um, it is a little bit different, mainly just because you have a, a little different voice in the room. Um, but you know what? I think, you know, every one of the guys we've had in here, uh, whether it's been, you know, Rick Anderson to Neil and then Neil and Garvin, not Garvin to Wes, um, you know, each one of them have been, you know, pretty clear on, okay, what has the guy before me been teaching you and how can I help your progression instead of, hey, forget about what that guy was saying. Let's work on this. And I think that's important as a coach when you when you come into a locker room um, with guys that are always trying to get better and that have a lot of really uh, good ideas on how they're supposed to, to be going in that direction to get better. And, um, you know, there, there's nothing uh, – I wouldn't say nothing worse, but nothing that's going to be uh, – that cause some – crazy reactions than if you come in and say hey this is what we're doing doesn't matter what you've been doing um and the talks that i've had with Wes so far have, have been you know like the first comment and you know he's wanted to know okay you know tell me more about this you know uh dura throw stuff and and i started talking to him about my shoulder program and uh he's like well actually you know however many years ago me and the guy from from florida baseball ranch uh developed that dura throw so Johnson was actually uh, in the room when they developed that throwing device. So, um, you know, it's been kind of cool to cool to talk to him. You know, and Jeremy Hefter is a guy who has been instrumental the last couple of years in terms of game planning and scouting. Now he'll be officially the assistant pitching coach in title, and, and he's a guy that I think brings an awful lot to the table. And, and I would think in an, an even expanded role now and in uniform, even more of a chance to utilize his skill set. Yeah, he's really good at the advanced reports, and and he's been, you know, one thing that we really appreciate about him is is he's not too far removed from doing it, and uh, anybody that's like that, you know, has just a little different look at it and a little different, um, you know, view of things. So, um, you know, I've had a, a really good opportunity to get to know him a little bit, and and uh, really appreciate the skill set he brings. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. As for Rocco Baldelli, now we checked. You did not. You did not face him. You did not face Rocco uh, in the major leagues. But have you had a chance to connect with your new skipper? Uh, yeah, talked to him a couple times on the phone, um, and uh, just gotten to develop that relationship just a little bit. Uh, looking forward to, to talking more around Twins Fest and stuff like that. Um, 
But no, I don't. I don't know that I ever did face him. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think his career was cut a little short. But uh, so far, have only heard good things, and uh, so far, I've you know, heard about the type of person he is, and you know how much he cares about. Uh, he cared about his teammates around him and his staff around him. Now that he's a coach, so uh, really looking forward to getting to work with him as well. Yeah, going to be an exciting time as the Minnesota Twins will enjoy a holiday break, and then we get right into it with Caravan. That schedule gets announced tomorrow, Twins Fest, and before you know it. Uh, Kyle and company headed down to Fort Myers. We'll take a break here on the Twins Hot Stove Show, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Back with three cuts with Kyle Gibson on your home for Twins baseball. Welcome back to the Twins Hot Stove Show. Chris Atterbury with you, wishing you and your family a happy holiday. Reminder, this is our final show until January 2nd, so the last show of 2018. Uh, as we prep for Christmas and then New Year's, reminder that single-game tickets for the first three months of the season are on sale now, 19% off. Speaking of 2019, single-game seats excluding the home opener. Kyle Gibson is our guest, and he will be uh, playing three cuts with us. And, and, Kyle, you took up, as we mentioned, some of Eduardo Escobar's slack when he left. Part of that was you got grilled by different children, young fans, every Friday. This is what I'm hoping to get out of you with at least one of these next three questions. Wow, what a great question. You think I can get one of those? <laughs> uh, more than likely. You you do have a knack for asking those type of questions. So <laughs> All right. Yeah. Don't want to set the bar too high, but here we go. It is the holiday season. Kyle Gibson is throwing a Twins holiday party. The kids are running around. Everybody's fired up. Which current or former teammate of yours is the best choice to play Santa? Oh, boy. Um... Man, knowing that uh, knowing that he needs to be at the party anyways, um, I'm probably going to have to say uh, Brian Dozier. He has apparently he has ability to do it anyways because um, I don't know if he did it for a party recently or not. Uh, but yeah, I would say uh, I'd say him. One, I think my daughter Hayden is he's still probably her favorite twin. I think Santa with a southern accent, I think he could charm him. I, I'd say Kenny Vargas would probably be on my list, too, just in terms of <laughs> the laugh and the uh, and the body yeah. style. Uh, so often, as we go to cut number two for Kyle Gibson, the question is, what was the best Christmas present you ever received? But I, I think with you, you're more of a giver. You guys give in so many ways. So I'm going to ask you specifically, Kyle, because it's you, what's the best Christmas present you've ever given? Oh man, uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Got it. I don't have a lot of ideas. None of them come to fruition and actually work. Um, and some of them turn out to be terrible ideas because either my wife already had it or you know something like that. Um, I don't know. I think one of them um, might have been when my wife and I, uh, in one of our first marriage, we invited uh, her siblings uh, to go to the committee um, on one of our missions. It was a pretty for um, to bring her siblings along and, uh, you know, have them do anything that we've been able to do and, and been fortunate to be a part of. Yeah, and you could also tell your brother-in-law, look, you might be better at clay pigeons, but look at all the good that I'm doing here. In, uh, <laughs> and all the ditch digging oh, and, and the clean water and, and all the good work. That That's a good one. All right, and finally... The, the Gibson family, and I don't know if you get the credit, if Elizabeth gets the credit for this, maybe Hayden gets the credit. You guys set the bar high on Halloween. Always a phenomenal, 
theme picture of the family together. The costumes always work in perfect concert. Uh, I want to know, does that roll over to Christmas, like to your Christmas card game as a family? And knowing your love of Halloween, how would you rank your top three holidays? Does Halloween make it to the top spot? Uh, you know what? I can, uh, if you call back, uh, I can have my wife answer the Halloween question because it's all her. Uh, her, she has all the coordination. Um, Hayden actually, the last two years, has come up with the ideas. Uh, we've given her two or three possibilities, and she's picked uh, the costume each of the last three years. But, uh, no, I don't think it actually rolls over into Christmas card because our kids at the age where we cannot get uh, a full family photo without some sort of mishap. Uh, so I don't know if I'll actually send out one of the photos that we got, but I feel like it encapsulates our family perfectly where I'm smiling and everything's going great, and then everybody else around me is either frustrated or panicking, but I never want to be the guy that's not smiling for the perfect photo. So uh, it's, we'll see if we send that one out. But um, I don't know. I, I think Halloween is close, but uh, if you ask my daughter, definitely Halloween is top three but um it's been fun a few years to be able to do costumes with her that's for sure sounds good gibby fantastic stuff as always i know you guys will have a a great holiday season as we mentioned the caravan schedule is coming out tomorrow i know this year you will not be on the road as you'll be with your family but i have fond memories of uh you and i curling in wisconsin and dancing in rochester and all sorts of good times along the way we look forward to catching up with you at twins fest all right one of these years we're back out Chris, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun i i really do enjoy that so we'll be back out there on here next uh, one of these next couple years sounds like a good plan hey happy holidays to you and the whole family kyle uh, you as well. Thank you. He's an all-timer. That's Kyle Gibson, and Kyle Gibson kind enough to join us here on the special edition of the Twins Hot Stove Show. Everybody out there, have a great holiday season. We'll see you in 2019 on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to the Twins Hot Stove Show, sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.